Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Caraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's an Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. With me as always, DJ Mark. What's up? Just the two of us this week. I think I promised Mike would be back this week, so he made a liar out of me. Um, It's okay. Uh, Mike will be back hopefully next week. Man's dealing with some stuff he's got to get finished before he has time to do the podcast, so... I mean, it's better this week. This week, he's just preparing his his newly acquired apartment instead yeah. of working until yeah. 9 p.m. at night. So yeah. it's a much better circumstance, but nevertheless. Yeah. Um, we would happily help Mike, but we are 3,000 miles away. So instead, we are here to talk Great about... Excuse. Exactly. We're here to talk about... Well, some of it was high-level MMA. Actually, you know, the ones we're going to talk about were high-level MMA. We ignored the rest of it. Yeah. Um, Going to preview these this Lemos versus Andrade card. You know, Battle of Titans right there. Mm. Um, here's some, I guess we can call it news about John Jones and uh, fucking Stipe. But, uh, speculation at this specula- point. Well, it's the owner of the, I mean, well, it's the president of the company. So we can take it out. He doesn't know what's going on. We can't trust this guy. That's true. It's really, that's very true. Um. All right, I kind of want to talk about Bellator more than I want to talk about uh, UFC yeah. because I think Bell- Bellator sure. had the bigger card. Um, AJ McKee and Pitbull, they ran it back, the rematch mm-hmm. of the first fight, which Pitbull got knocked out in like two minutes, I think it was. I think got choked. I think it was like, wasn't it? He got knocked out? I thought he got, maybe he got, he, got dropped, he got dropped and choked. Maybe that's what it was. Um, I, uh, let me go with, let me start with this, Mark. What was your scorecard for this fight? Oh, I think I had Pitbull well ahead. I had Pitbull maybe, the maybe first three. Four to one or something. I had the first three yeah. for Pitbull. I think I gave the last two to McKee. Um, I thought McKee, his adjustments came too late, obviously. Um, those leg kicks, he really wasn't doing much about at the beginning. And I did not like his team telling him he was up a bunch of rounds. I don't get who that helps. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think of the fight? I guess um, sounds like we're not going to do it again immediately because it sounds like McKee doesn't want to cut the forty-five anymore. But uh, where do you think we go from here? In addition, you know, yeah. Um, I mean, the fight itself—it it was a little disappointing. I don't think AJ really performed to the standard that I was holding him to, and really, what what got him all of the the hype and excitement around him that you know. Last week, you know, we were praising, you know, how this guy's potentially, you know, an ex-big superstar. And I don't think we really saw that same fighter in this fight. I think he was a lot more calculated. I think he was a lot more patient. And I think that kind of goes against his style. I think he does really well when he's very aggressive, when he's causing a lot of chaos in the cage where he's throwing a lot of stuff at his opponent and they have to react. And in, in those exchanges where he tends to get these weird submissions or get the takedowns, which was another aspect I think that he didn't utilize quite enough was really his, his grappling regiment. You know, he seemed to be comfortable stand up uh, with Pitbull, which really wasn't 
the best strategy for him overall. So yeah, at the end of the day, I just I, I didn't think it was a, a super exciting fight. I was I was kind of anticipating more given the two combatants. Um, and overall, I was kind of a little disappointed that we didn't see McKee kind of get in high gear quicker um, and cause some more kind of interesting exchanges and, and scrambles and stuff. Cause I think that's where he really, yeah, shines. I, um, I kind of felt a little bad because I recommended that uh, our, one of our colleagues, uh, Yuri watch this. Um, Cause he hadn't really, he's an MMA fan, mostly fighting UFC, watching UFC stuff. Hadn't watched a lot of Bellator. And I'm like, well, this is as good as it gets with Bellator, to be honest, this is the best two mm-hmm. fighters they have on. And I don't think it was a bad fight, but yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, when you, you, the level of skill involved, you kind of would have liked to see more, basically. Um, so, yeah, I I just want to say, I know McKee didn't look great, um, but Pitbull's 6-0 and in rematches. I got that from Luke Thomas. My man makes adjustments. Yeah. Like, I mean, he'll I make an adjustment. <laughs> all his title victories, I think they were saying, were off of rematches, too. So, I mean, look, if we maybe did a little bit more deep diving into, you know, no, the, I still would have picked. I history. still would have picked AJ. I mean, I'm honestly, like, I'm all, I mean, that was a close fight still. It wasn't like he got mollywopped out there. And no. he seems big. Like, I mean. Yeah, he, he seems really he big. He seems very Pitbull, long. Sure. Like, he's, he's, young, he's a young man, too. I'll look up his age here exactly. Uh, I mean, think mid twenties at latest. Twenty seven, five foot ten. That's a big featherweight. Like he's like he's got like a real Max Holloway frame. I feel almost too. Um, I think if he wants to go up, it's good for him. And the other pitball brother is worse. Just there's that also. He could beat that guy for that belt. Um, I guess, but I don't know if he doesn't want to go to forty five. Do you try to get this pitbull to go up? Do you what do you do? Do you immediately give him another title fight? Does I don't even understand if he's under contract. I'll be honest with you. I don't understand if he's under contract because if he was under a champion's clause and he's not the champion, now does he get to go? Does he just get to leave? Yeah, no, I don't. I mean, it seems like it's a little bit in flux. I think him moving up to 55 makes a lot of sense. I don't know. I didn't really see a lot of the stuff before the fight like how difficult that weight cut is, but just looking at them size wise, I have to imagine that's quite a strenuous weight cut because he looked significantly bigger than Pitbull in this one. So I think a move to 55 is going to happen sooner or later. And I think financially it's a good sh- move too. I think it's like, I think the, I mean, not that they don't take 45 as seriously, but I just seem like the bigger, I mean, being a little bit bigger is never going to, you know, cost you money in this sport. Being in one of the higher weight well, classes, you know what I mean? I think in Bellator, that's not necessarily too bad of a move. I think eventually, I think we both think at some point or another, he's probably going to end up in the UFC. And I do think 55 is much more difficult to oh. kind of pave ways in there. I think that is probably their most talent-rich division they have in the whole uh, you know, organization. So I think him trying to get in there might be a little tough to you know carve a name out where I think... 45 is also a really stacked division, but I think he could get in the top 10. 35 to 70 is a stacked division, basically, in the UFC at this point. Um, anything in the middle there. I wonder if he's looking at Michael Chandler, though, and being like, you know, this guy came into the UFC, got one win, got a title fight. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't like Chandler was stringing a bunch of wins together in Bellator either at that stretch. You know what I mean? I think he is like won some, lost some at the end there with him. I don't know. I don't know what he, I, I don't know what AJ's thinking because like earlier this week, we were here earlier last week. We were hearing how we like the contract extension was going nowhere because he wanted a million dollars a fight, 
and he made 250 for this one, and I guess the Bellator was offering him 500. And I don't know what Michael Chandler's making, but I'm telling you, it's not a million dollars a fight. Absolutely. So yeah, I, I I would say too when you're looking at Chandler, like Chandler had a little bit more of a legacy than AJ. AJ's had an incredible run, undefeated up until this fight, but like you know Chandler had. Chan- I mean, yeah, Chandler more- beat. Eddie Alvarez in 2011, the first time. A multiple I mean, champion. You yeah. know, he had really fought in the, the who's who of Bellator 155 and even guys from the UFC that came over to Bellator like uh, Ben Henderson. So I think there's a little bit more panache. We don't know when AJ is eventually going to go to the UFC. So maybe when he does make that move, we're just assuming it's happening, legacy. right? Like, yeah, I, I think it seems somewhat inevitable at some point, but you know, you, you never really know. Dude, but, how much money do you throw at him if you're the PFL? Like, cause like are you, hey man, you want to come one million dollars every year? We, yeah, no, we, we, yeah, we talked about it. It's like, look, if his number is a million, there's no organization that's going to pay him that much per fight. But PFL, if you win the tournament, you get that mill. So like, that seems, you know, it's not, I mean, how many fights they have to go through? Three, Bob? I think. Cause that's not even a tournament now. It's, it's like, it, it's a season, right? Yeah, it's three, it's, I think. And I think you okay. also, but it's not like you aren't getting paid for those three also. So no, you know, sure, maybe sure, sure. like. I don't know. I'm just throwing. We're just throwing bullshit here. We'll see. The kid's a young man with a lot with a bright future ahead of him. I don't think a lot was lost necessarily in terms of his standing in the sport. Maybe a little bit, I guess. Um, oh no, yeah. I mean, look, he was undefeated. You know, like he was on. A, we all know Pitbull's a killer too. Like Pitbull. Yeah, the man. no. I mean, I, I I'm not gonna say like like oh like he's a bum now or anything, but to say he hasn't lost a lot, like of course he did. He lost that O. That O That's true. carries that, that carries a lot. You know, when you're undefeated. And especially how he was just putting people away, he he built an aura around himself as potentially someone who is a generational talent. You know, he had a more ho hum performance here. This is kind of a performance you would see someone that isn't quite of that stature. You know, but you you build yourself into that, right? And it's not it's not easy to do, but certain people can do it, and it's a, no one can maintain it. At some point, you're either going to come along against someone that's going to be able to test you and, and meet your skill level. To a point that people don't see you as an invincible, you know, juggernaut like uh, Kamev, you know, like when he fought Gilbert, we kind of saw, okay, this guy is not unbeatable. He's not some boogeyman that is like superhuman. He has a great skill set and he's matches up very well with some people, but against the high level guys, he's probably going to have, you know, more difficult fights. That's kind of what we saw here with AJ, you know, when he went up against Pitbull. He, yeah, he didn't go super aggressive. He had a tough fight, and he ended up losing decision. I saw at some point on uh, Friday, uh, Volkanovski was trending on Twitter, and I'm like, sure. "Oh, this will surely be something positive." And I looked, and it's just a bunch of people like messaging saying neither of these bums could hold Volkanovski's jockstrap. And I'm like, "All right, everybody, chill the fuck out." I've seen Volkanovski have a snooze fest too. Just putting that out there. Um, I personally would love to see Volkanovski fight either of these men. I mean, especially Pitbull, especially with Volkanovski having nobody to fight. I mean, <laughs> on this podcast last week, Mark, I think I made a pretty strong, not strong. I just made an argument for uh, Cejudo to fight uh, Volkanovski. <laughs> I don't know. This is just, I mean, if Stefan was here, he'd say, man, the Pitbull brothers are never leaving. They all act like they want to fight the UFC. They're never leaving. Um, I don't know. I think it'd be great. To, I think that, I think that fight would be awesome. More think about like Volkanovski versus Pitbull. That would be that's the fight I want to see, like sure more than I mean, I, body I think there's some. Wise. I I don't necessarily agree with like the, you know, calling out like oh these guys aren't nearly at the level, but we we have seen that like there are some guys that are just 
kind of a step above and Alexander's right up there and Max is right up there. Like it's not just that these guys are really good. Like they're evolving the game. Like I think what we saw with Pitbull and AJ was a high level uh, featherweight contest, but not something that seemed like they were kind of elevating the sport. I see when it comes to the striking. Cause I think Max and uh, Alex, they're, and I mean, and there's some guys at, at 35, like TJ and stuff. I think that, have really shown different ways to engage and stand up. And a lot of it has to do with, you know, switching stances, utilizing different um, skill sets and, you know, different angles and being able to do that, you know, whether it is like, cause Max switches stances a lot. And I think uh, Volkanovsky is just a master of getting in, getting out, changing up his strikes and just confusing his opponents to such a degree that is, so much higher than what we usually see. And what I, I think what we saw Friday night was like a really competitive match, but not something that I saw that, you know, level of skill. So I, I get the criticism. I think it's somewhat unwarranted, but it, it would be great to have, you know, Pitbull versus um, Volkanovsky. I think that'd be really fun. But, you know, I, I think any kind of cross promotional match is always intriguing just because, or even when a guy changes from one promotion to another, there's just so much new matchups, you know, we, and we get a good measuring stick of, you know, like, it's easy just to say like, oh, Bellator is second fiddle to the UFC. But then when you yeah. have some of those top guys come over and you see them do really well, it kind of shows you like, you know, you can't just put all this stuff in a vacuum. You know, these are high level athletes in both organizations. And, you know, when they clash heads, we see great things. And I think Gaethje's a, another great barometer you know, of that. You know, no one gave PFL much of a chance, but he really showed that, you know, there's some talent. Everywhere. I did. That's right. You did. I was you waving the one flag for Justin Gaethje. When he was fighting and looked like, you know, the rec center of a low-level state college. Oh, um, he was beating up Nick's Mackwell. You're like, oh, this guy only has one arm. How, how, how can he possibly, you know, compete Nick Newell. like that? Nick Newell. You said Nick. Nick Maxwell's Nick a friend from oh, high school who visited our office. And you See, just had him get beat up by up. Justin Gaethje. Um, <laughs> I just, I, you were mentioning the different style, the, the evolution of striking. It's just, this is such a uh, copycat uh, sport, I feel, in that. Like something becomes popular or something, somebody shows something works, right? And then everybody just starts doing that. You know what I mean? It becomes like the the end way of going. And I think you're seeing more and more guys. You said the switching stances. I think you're seeing that more and more. The more anybody shows a certain style as a as a effective, you're going to see more people trying it. So, but yeah, I agree with Max and uh, Alex really pushing it. Um, we'll see what happens with the, both of these gentlemen, man. I don't know what's. Uh, I mean. People out here are talking like Aaron, I mean, because Aaron Pico was on the undercard here. I don't know if you saw any of that. Mm-hmm. And he killed he killed a guy who like was a late notice fight though, yeah. right? And, but it's worth saying that Aaron Pico really turned shit around, like seriously. Like he was like four and three, I think, and mm-hmm. he's really got his like six or six. I think he's got like six in a row now. Um, I'm not sure it's Aaron Pico versus Pitbull time. It's Aaron Pico versus McKee time. I don't know what's going on, but we'll see. All right, Bellator light heavyweight. Uh, Grand Prix pre-final and title fight. Yeah. Man, what a bummer for Corey Anderson. Um, Because he was up two rounds to one for everybody, really. Mm-hmm. Because first round was Nemkov. Second round was Corey. Third round was Corey. Corey, by the way, showing a level of, like, control over Nemkov in the ground that, like, I mean, P- Phil Davis didn't do that. Like, Corey was mm-hmm. just moving him around pretty much however he wanted. But he was up 2-1 effectively, but the fight ended accidental uh, headbutt. They, they both clashed heads. Um, five seconds left in the third round. 
And that, because it was less than three rounds complete in a five-round fight, it means it's a no contest rather than going to the scorecards. So if this was five seconds longer, Marcus, we would have a new Bellator light heavyweight champion. We'd have a Bellator light, uh, lightweight Grand Prix winner. And Corey Anderson would have seven figures in the bank right now. Yeah. So I'm going to have to run it back. Um, but it gives Nemkov an opportunity here, man, because that was not going well. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if he had adjustments coming the next round. You never know. But, like, things were taking a turn in those two last two rounds of this fight. Yeah. I, I didn't see the fight. I, I did hear about the outcome, so I was kind of like, ah, whatever. Um, but it did remind me a lot. I mean, there was another high-profile Grand Prix that ended almost the exact same way, and it had to do with Nemkov's, um, you know, former mentor or mentor, you know, uh, when Big Nog and Fedor fought the first time it was in the finals of a grand prix and it's a it's somewhat similar scenario where you know fader actually jumped in to throw a punch you know from standing into guard and they clashed heads it was a bad cut on fedor the fight had to be ended um and, and they eventually did run it back and fader was able to win that fight but yeah this was a huge opportunity for Corey, and it seemed like you know everything was in place for him to kind of snatch it um and it's unfortunate that this happened but i imagine they'll run it back I don't know if they're going to honor the Grand Prix aspect of it. I mean, uh, you're, you're muted. You're muted. You're still muted. Bobby, no one can hear anything you're saying because you're oh. muted this whole time. Oh, I sorry. told you five times. Oh, sorry. I'm saying they they uh, they got to pay them. You can't not pay them after this thing, man. They're going to. I mean, do you have the, the rematch as the. the oh, I think they, I think you're definitely the final. It back. And, yeah. I mean, I don't I think, think that's tur- fair, but I don't think the tournament's vacant winner. I mean, it'd be a very, yeah, I'd say, very strike force thing. Like, so I guess I would say it's a real Bellator thing. Um, yeah, that was that was unfortunate, man. Corey Anderson had a real chance there to make a lot of money and you know put mm-hmm. a stamp on that thing. Then again, if he won it by accidental headbutt thing, that would have been weird too. You know, that would have been. I mean, he would have. I mean, he probably would tell me to fuck off. I'm getting paid, but in terms of how you want to win yeah, a championship. I mean, it- it would it would be you know not probably the ideal way to win, but a W is a W. The oh, yeah. cash still gets checked. I mean, the check still gets cashed. Uh, so I, I'm sure he would have preferred that outcome than the no contest. But you know, this stuff happens. You know, so it is what it is. I suppose. Uh, Tim uh, Cop Mustache Johnson got his ass whooped by Linton Vassal, and uh, I, heard, I heard he Linton kind of pulled it. Pulled a comeback here. I heard well, I was, that it well, was I'm not just reading going results, his way. So I saw. A I know. It, yeah. I would have thought the same thing. I thought. I, I read a little <laughs> thing. That was like, first oh, round, I'm assuming. Um, yeah. He was rock though. I'm reading too. So there's yes. that. Um, Aaron Pico, opponent on short notice. Uh, Adley Edwards took him out in the third round. Um, mm-hmm. That did not need to go that long. I don't think you need to take an ass whooping that long. That was, you know, we probably could have stopped it. Short notice, man. You're tough enough. We get it. Yeah. Um. All right, we'll see where Beltar goes from there. Um, I thought they had a card this weekend. Oh, they do. They're going to be in Hawaii with uh, Liz Carmouche taking on Juliana Velasquez. Um, I don't know. They're in Hawaii. They're not bringing Elena May McFarlane. I don't know what's going on there. That mm-hmm. was that was their way into Hawaii before, her as a champion, but I don't know. Anyway, but, uh, UFC happened. I didn't watch a fucking second of this, man. Bilal Muhammad, Vincent, Vicente Luque. Tell me why I should be excited about Bilal Muhammad calling out Chimea, Mark, because that's what's happening right now. <laughs> it, it was not a bad performance. I, I think personally, especially, I haven't really got a lot of 
looks at Muhammad. I think the only fight I watched much of his was the Edwards fight. I think even that might have only been highlights. So, I mean, I really Edwards have not kicking been kicking his ass, over. too. And I think yeah. I think maybe I saw his Thompson fight. I think what was really interesting in this fight was, I mean, Muhammad got, I think he's, he got a lot of rounds because of his wrestling, even though, like, it's still kind of hard to separate yourself with now understanding how the judging works. Because even DC was like, ah, oh, you know, he got that round because, you know, he got the takedowns. Like, takedowns don't mean anything. They really don't mean anything anymore. It's all about damage. I mean, you get the takedown and he landed, you know, some light strikes here and there and he controlled, you know, that portion of the fight. You know, uh, Luke was able to get up almost every time too. But it, it's it's hard to separate that old mandate of like, valuing the takedown so highly you know well i mean i think you like still can marcus because i don't think these judges are, are all following the right thing necessarily they, they might I mean, not but it's like <laughs> we have to get on the same page at some point i mean right? you so you yourself just, i mean look if nothing else was happening he took him down that was and he did something he did but it's, it's just one of those things where it's like if if one guy lands a clean shot like let's say it, the there was one round where vince uh with luke a definitely won he won the third because yep. he rocked muhammad pretty good mm. he really had him on shaky legs there the rest of the fight was really close. I think I think the right person won. I don't think there's anything wrong with the judging, but it is one of these things like in my head I have to remember like the takedowns really ultimately shouldn't matter nearly as much as they used to for us cuz it used to be you know you get a takedown that round's really yours yeah. unless you really didn't do anything else and you you know you got hurt or something like takedowns would steal rounds away and if the criteria really is damage above all if the other guy put well, more I mean, damage on you, they should win the round. Effective grappling doesn't I mean you can't really damage an effective grappling, but you know. We, I, well, I mean, I don't think a takedown and sitting in a guy's guard and throwing no, no, yeah, you didn't, like you got to you got to pass guard, you got to get the back, you got to show you're effective, you got to go for some stuff. But uh, I mean, it's damage is all right. That that's that's the criteria I know is damage is first and foremost. And and again, like I don't even disagree with this rule set, but it's just like. We all need to kind of understand, like, the takedowns just don't matter as much as they used to, yeah. in my eyes. No, when you say damage, I'm trying, I'm trying to find the grappling word for damage, because that is equally as valuable as a striking damage. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, it's not, you know. Sure, I think grappling yeah. catches, like, if you get, okay. Yeah. So, like, in the Pitbull fight, I think it Well, all was, the shit Aljo was doing, man. Taking the back, mounting if you well, can. So, or so, but even then, even then, taking the back is like, are you doing damage? If he's not going for chokes and getting catches, like there's not yeah, really but much getting an advantageous position control. is part of, I guess, if you're going towards but something, I, I guess, yeah, I see what if, you're saying. It, but like, yeah, it's just like, that's what makes it so confusing. Now is like, what what is the criteria? What if it's damage overall? Hey, I'm all for it because if that means like, sh shit, take me down. If I start elbowing you in the face better than you're giving me pitter patter on top, I win the round. Like that's fine. If it's all about blood and cuts and bruises and doing damage and getting you know catches and you know bending arms and and choking necks i'm all for it if if ipon is the number one criteria like it was in pride and these everyone's going I mean, for finishes and damage <laughs> i'm for it instead of the you know let me steal around because i'll get a take it seems down like in the, the last ultimate, 20 seconds the summary of judging now i think is just the way we all want it to be is who's trying to make this fight shorter who's making yeah. that who's doing their best to end to make this fight shorter however they're doing it if he's trying to get on top to pass guard to get to a submission, cool. Right. If but it's I a guy trying to not drop a I guy, cool. <laughs> a good example was in that AJ fight. I think it was round two or three, where I think it was the first round AJ got a takedown, but Pipple rocked him standing up mm. and then caught him in a guillotine. And I think Big John was like, hmm, I think I'm going to give it to Pipple. I was the like, there's fuck? no question. Whoa. 
There's no question. Whoa, he whoa, got a takedown. Whoa. Big whoop. He didn't do any damage. So that, well, some that, of Big John's scoring. Big John had two one AJ going into the fourth, and I'm like, oh, oh, okay. I don't. I, maybe I, man, he man he wrote the MMA rule book. I don't know. Maybe I, I'm the I think, asshole. I think the the book has changed. Yeah. And I think that's. I think it's difficult for a lot of us fans that have been watching for a long time. And, you know, because we all learned the shit we didn't agree with and we all stuck with it <laughs> Well, for years. The UFC would, you know, every broadcast, every main card would be like, here's the rules. You know, these are all equal striking, grappling, octagon control, you know, and a lot of times like, oh, this guy controlled the octagon better. He wins the round or whatever when it's close. And, you know, and it wasn't until like what, like four or five months ago. It's like, oh, no, damage is the number one criteria. And it's like, oh. Okay, so like octagon control doesn't really factor in at all if someone did more damage. It's than literally the other. if it's equal. That's what they like. They never told us that like octagon control is like literally like if striking and grappling are totally equal, yeah, then you got to bring those else. up. And we're yeah. like, fuck, so, man. I'm, I'm it's weird. We've all been sitting here. Machida lost a decision to Quentin Jackson. I remember Rampage just walked him down and did nothing, and he won a fight one time because Machida yeah. was dodging and shit. It's weird. Um, I don't even know where we were. Uh, Vincente, man, still one of my favorite fighters to watch. I didn't see this one. I mean, that really uh, shoots in the face of that, but. Uh-huh. Yeah, mostly I, I was going to say, um, you know, first big look at Muhammad, and he looked good, you know, and it was his wrestling. I think striking, what I did like about his striking was he was using lateral movement. He was on his bicycle a little bit, but he did what I, I would want guys that are, you know, using their footwork to do. He led uh, Luke into traps. He led him like, okay, if, if I'm going to go to the right and you're going to cut the cage off, I'm going to throw a strike that you're going to be walking into. He set those up a little bit cleaner than just someone who's like, I'm trying to get away from the cage and kind of make some room. The takedowns were great. He timed them perfectly. Luke, really, I think there was maybe one in like the later rounds where he was actually able to sprawl out. But Muhammad's takedowns were on point. His striking was really good. And Luke just really couldn't keep up. Um, he couldn't put the damage on. I think it was the third round where he did really good. But he couldn't capitalize on that momentum and ultimately lost a decision. Let, but let's talk about this man who hasn't lost, hasn't uh, who's uh, unbeaten in eight fights. He's unbeaten in eight fights, Bilal Muhammad. Mark, mm-hmm. um, what does I say unbeaten and not eight? No, because uh, one of those was a no, no contest. contest but he hasn't lost since losing to Jeff Neal in January of 2019. Overall, he's unbeaten in 12 of 13 fights. Um, he's He's much better than anybody's giving him credit for, I think, honestly. He's 21 I and agree. 3. As someone um, who hasn't been giving him credit. He's 21 and 3. His problem is that he's not finishing anybody. Like at all. Um, this whole unbeaten in eight fights thing, he's got one finish in there against a guy named Takashi Sato. Mm-hmm. Um, got a performance of the night because UFC was thrilled for him to finish somebody. In general, in the UFC, he's got two finishes in all these damn wins. In these like 12 wins. Um, but he wants um, he wants Colby or he wants um, sure. Chimaev on, on that July, on a July on the July UFC card, and fucking he deserves it. Like who else? What's he supposed to do? Like yeah. no, I mean I think Luke was five and he was six. I think that was like I remember they were right next. to Let me each see other. if it's updated. If not, like, that sounds it was right. Four and five. He but was like, six. Yeah, yeah you're right. right. Five and six. He's, He's right there. I think those two matchups make perfect sense. I, I think stylistically they're interesting because, like, my biggest takeaway here is like, oh, this guy's pretty good at wrestling. It's like, well, Covington and um, Kamev are fucking excellent at wrestling. 
So if it just comes down to striking, you know, he, he looked good in the striking, but it didn't, it's one, it's definitely one of those things where in this performance, at least I didn't see something where it was like, he's head above everyone else. Like I think with, with Colby, it's the pressure with Kamev. It it is the wrestling when he can utilize it. I didn't see any, anything in particular that made me think like, oh, this is going to be trouble for the other guys. He's just solid. In the top five. That's not enough. Yeah, sometimes. he's just solid. All yeah. around, very good. Like I said, the footwork was there. He was leading Luke into traps to, to land big, uh, you know, strikes to the is body he... and stuff like that. Good takedowns. But ultimately, I didn't see something that was like, these other guys need to take notice because this is going to be trouble. Is he at Rufus Sport? Did you see Duke Rufus in that corner? I'm trying to – I remember he was at Rufus Sport. I honestly don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember who was in um, this corner. I usually cut So he's part. asking for Colby and – or Chimeyev. Dana was talking about Chimea fighting Colby if he got past uh, Burns. Mm -hmm. This is in July. I think a lot of people thinking Usman will fight, defend the title on that card maybe in July. Okay. Um, if we got three guys in, in uh, one fight, uh, someone's going to be left holding, uh, going to be left with no date. You know what I mean? Um, the other variable in this is that those of us who believe in any sort of meritocracy in this world think that Leon Edwards is getting a title shot. Right, Marcus? Like... Well, like, I thought, I mean, in your, if Usman wants a title fight in July and, and we want to have a number one contender fight as well, and, and also backup, right? I think Edwards and Usman, and then we have to figure out what this trifecta. Well, this is what I'm saying is and, maybe Edwards is not booked because there's that variable out there that they're talking about that is, I said meritocracy because there's an Irishman who's going to be back from injury allegedly oh, around that oh, time. I, Look, again, I'm all for Usman getting as paid as much money as possible. So if this is what happens, cool. But is that, I mean, that does solve the three-person thing. Like we were talking about last week with Henry, I'm okay with that when there's not a line of yeah. guys. There's and a long like, okay, line here. Oh, there's a line person. of three guys, and one of them he's beaten twice. Like Covington, I don't need to see a trilogy fight in July at all. But well, no, we still guys, got three guys. We got yeah, we got Edwards, Chimeyev, and uh, Bilal now. Yeah, to have Connor then leapfrog those three, I think is egregious. It, it, it's too egregious for me to be like. I mean, look, and I want Usman to get paid too. Um, but ultimately, it's just like Connor has not earned that in any degree. When we have a guy like Muhammad, we're like, look, I'll agree with you. Like, you want to talk old Dana White talking points? Guy probably doesn't move the needle too much. But when you just talk about what he's accomplished in the last couple of years, being you know eight and zero or eight zero and one, that's too much for a guy that just lost twice in a row, and who had a grizzly like leg break. That's just you know Connor needs to kind of probably get a warm up fight, you know, get him to win again, so we can all start believing in the hype again. You know, like coming off the leg break after Dustin was already beating his ass was not like it's time for not Nate. Scream! I need to see. I honestly you know, think it's time for Nate. Again. It's the Nate fight. That's what. Sure, that's what, that's what be, yeah, because Nate's not going to kick him in the fucking he, leg. Nate's no. not going to fuck with. Nate's going to say, "You want to throw hands? I'm going to throw hands with you." And you know, you might Connor might gas out, but Nate will do it with him. But yeah, I mean, uh, I think that's yeah, that's a big fight they could make. I, I think that that I'm I'm more excited for that than I would be for Connor jumping line and getting Usman and then getting, you know, wrestle fucked for five rounds. I mean, like, cool. I kind of thought this was going to happen. It happened, and we wasted, you know, these other guys' potential of having a title shot. So I, I hope that doesn't happen. Yeah, we'll I, 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 I got to stop putting it out in the universe. Um, do you watch any of the rest of this card, or can we just ignore it and then be surprised? We I don't know who these fighters uh, are. I, I, like we were mentioning before, I heard about, um, you know, Chris Barnett. We were talking him up, um, and it was kind of an unfortunate 
turn of events. Well, I guess he got, you know, he was losing, from what I heard, he was losing the fight pretty handedly. Um, and then Martin uh, Boudet hit him with an elbow to the back of the head. Um, God, I'm trying to remember. I can't remember who the referee was. Um, shoot, I, I can't remember. He deemed it as accidental, so that they went to the judges, and you know, Boudet was already two rounds ahead, so he got the nod there. So it was unfortunate for Chris Barnett. You know, as much as we kind of hyped him up, and as much as a big viral splash he got with his big knockout over um, Volante yeah. in his last fight. I mean, look, we're fans of this guy. He's not a real title contender. He's an ex- very charismatic, exciting fighter, but you know he, he's going to struggle to get wins here. And I think he ran up against someone that was dominating him. Who's a real prospect and he struggled here and, you know, hopefully he can move on, be matched up with someone who's going to let him kind of showcase his, his skill and have a fun fight and, and maybe do something flashing in there. I, that's what I hope. Um, but you know, it's dog eat dog in the UFC. There's a reason why, you know, he's 20, two and what like six or something before he got in here like there's somewhat of a ceiling on his skill level but you know we'll see this is an unfortunate turn of events but you know we'll see he's hopefully his next fight's more he's exciting. fun to have man he's on a rock he's, exactly, he's, yeah, he's just fun um some guy call uh shouted out a irish mob boss one of the fighters did right. at the end of his fight man again okay the fighters make enough money I take back in, everything in, I feel. In favor or against? Oh, yeah. And then they asked about him after. He's just like, oh, well, yeah, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. It was weird. Munir right, uh, Lazaz. Or something. Yeah, okay. I just, I don't know, man. Again, I'm saying, I've, all the times I thought the fighters need to be paid more. Now it's fine. These guys will get enough money. <laughs> <laughs> they they got to fight their own fights. They're, they're, they're fine. For they're doing whatever they're going to do. I don't care anymore. Um, UFC will be back at the same fucking building next week with another trash card. That was a bit harsh. But it's not good. Um, UFC again, not charging, not having more than twelve people in a building, allowing them to put nothing going on. Um, we'll put, we'll talk about this card in a, a few minutes here, but first some news. John Jones Stipe, it's yeah. what the boss man told TMZ Sports, which is kind of like the so <laughs> the UFC just calls up though, a lot of times to book stuff for some reason when they, you know. All right, okay, not like a credible. Uh, he says it makes sense. They're gunning for the summer. <laughs> I mean, I'd love to watch Steve A versus John Jones. I'd like to watch John no, Jones versus great. anybody, any yeah. human being. If you tell me John Jones is going to run it back with Matt Hamill right now, I'd be like, well, that seems mean to Matt uh, Hamill. I, I'm personally more interested to see him at heavyweight. That's been the scuttlebutt. Oh, you think you Matt know, Hamill can make 205 even in my fake scenario here, Mark? Come on. Well, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying you're saying put him against Grandma, and I'm still there to see the fight. And I was like, well, I, I would like to have him as fight long as a, Grandma a weighs larger... 206 pounds. That's a it. larger, a larger guy to to fight, I think, is a little bit more intriguing for my money. Uh, and Stipe is, you know, kind of top of that list. You know, him, Francis, gone. You know, the the top three, four guys in the weight division, they're scrapping with John Jones. I think that's extremely compelling, and it'll be interesting to see if, if that fight comes to fruition. Which I'm still skeptical. You know, I don't. Dana White on TMZ does not scream. You know, official channels. Um, what a, what we'll a stupid it, sport this is. That's what we're yeah, basking this on. This is my well, fault, too. I mean, you basically said, like, oh, yeah, anytime they're going to make an announcement. They, they do go it to a lot. Like, <laughs> you, you work for ESPN, you stupid idiots. That's the sports network, you dum-dums. You fought so hard to get there. Why go to TMZ with that dude slurping on his little water bottle and talking about whatever celebrity just came out of the airport? Go to the sports Wait, what's, what water, what's the water bottle? I missed the water bottle there's, thing. There's some guy that's like, don't they always? I, I don't know much about TMZ. 
but isn't a lot of their show like they're in the bullpen. There's like the bald oh, white guy. Oh, that that's guy. The, the guy owns it. And he's right. always got his little water bottle and he's slurping it down, talking <laughs> about the latest rumors of celebrities. That's my envision of like what goes on at TMZ. And we got to do an inside of a yeah. skit of TMZ. Um, yeah, I don't know what else is going on, to be honest. I, I try to look for real news. The only other thing I really thought was funny was this exchange between Nate Diaz and Dustin Poirier, who they just really want to fight each other, Mark. They've been saying it for months. They'd love to. Yeah. UFC won't book it. Um, yeah. So it was Nathan's birthday the other day. Uh, Nathan no, nice. Diaz's birthday on uh, April 16th. And Dustin Poirier said, happy birthday, Nathaniel. Oh, very nice. That's tweet number one. Tweet number two. Get a deal done and get that ass whooped for your birthday by Dustin Poirier. Okay? Little shot, right? Mm-hmm. Nate Diaz. This is the whole thing. There's no period. I'm, I'm going to give you uh, the same punctuation that's there. There's none. Sure. Okay? Bruh, no one likes you and you suck. Someone need to uh, put a purple belt on you. Thanks for the B-Day wishes, though. Nice. nice. That, that's fine, man. Threatening all... but cordial. I, yeah. I can get there with that. Yeah. And, I mean, that, a, that and a fist bump. He threw a fist bump out there for him. So. Sure. Okay. Um, yeah, I would like to see Nate versus Dustin. I'd like to get yeah. this. I'd like to get a position where I can see Nate Diaz fight more than once a year, and maybe once yeah. every two years. We're, we're, we're wrapping just, it up, buddy. He only has so many more years of this. It's just like this guy's a huge star. What are they doing? You know, they're scared to run out the contract, so they they dangle these things in front of them, and they know nothing's going to come to Dude, fruition. They, and it's just like, how sure are you that Nate is aware that Nate Diaz versus Jake Paul sells a ton of pay per views? Because I think we're all aware of it, and the UFC's aware of it, and Nate Diaz has to be aware of it, right? As a part of the reason here, like he's not signing long-term stuff. That is a blockbuster for them. Well, <laughs> I mean, I, the scuttlebutt is, right? He's got one fight left, right? So I, I'm not surprised that he's like, well, I, let's have that fight, and then let's figure it out after that. You know, if it if it's a big fight, I win the fight. You come back and want to offer me a title. Hey, cool. It's a big fight. I lose the fight. You come back with peanuts. It's like, all right, I'm done. You know, well, I can make I can make big money somewhere else. And if it is with Jake Paul, you know, and if, I, and I if, they, and if they want him to sign right now, maybe make it worth his make it worth yeah, it to him. I mean, I think I, I think he knows that the opportunities to be a free agent might be a little bit more lucrative than just them throwing a good amount of cash. I think they throw some big money at him, but not enough to where it's like, I could probably make more outside the UFC potentially. But, and then again, I, I think they're kind of jerking him around too. It's like, do you want to continue to do business with this organization that don't offer you a lot of fights? And when they do, they offer you these fights where it's like, Oh, you want to fight uh Chimev? And it's like, no, not really. Chimev doesn't have the name. I have nothing to gain from that. I have everything to lose. So I'm not going to take that fight. And they're like, okay, We'll let you sit for another six months and and wait for that retirement to get closer and closer, so that whenever you, you, you do, you know, you know what they don't say anymore. The they never tell you. Uh, they never tell you Nate Diaz doesn't want to fight, or they don't tell you Nate Diaz is scared of that. Nate Diaz doesn't want to fight this person, right? They, they Dana can never drop that shit. He stopped with that with the Diaz brothers because no one. I mean, no one believes him anyway when he says someone doesn't want to fight. We all know that means money, but with the mm-hmm. Nate with the Diaz brothers, it's laughable. It's like, what do you mean Nate would fight him for free? Just you know, not on your pay per view. Sure. I mean, um, look at a certain point, it's business. You have to do what's smart for your. No, career Nate is and- very honestly. Nate is very smart. Dustin's very smart. They know what they're doing, and and Dustin's got. I'm sure Dustin's got a contract still. Nate got Nate's got uh, done at the end of the year though. That's what I'm saying. I yeah, mean, so I mean, I they, they want to book him or something. To- it's time to book him, or we're going to see him. Yeah, we're going to see on January second, Jake Paul with one arm around Francis Ngannou and the other arm around Nate Diaz. 
you know, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> just, <laughs> I'm just leading into the chaos at this point, Mark, because I don't care. They're not fighting anyway. Who gives a shit if he signs with Jake Paul? Whatever. Whatever yeah. that puts me on TV. I think Jake and Nate would be entertaining. Yeah, I, don't, I, mean, I mean, it I, seems like a lot of the, the talk is him and Biz, Jake and Bisbing are going back and forth. And I don't think Bisping got one either. eye. Man, Bisping got one eye. <laughs> I know, <laughs> like, but he also won that belt with one eye. So I think there's that would be at least in that scenario, like Bisbing's kind of the same weight. <laughs> and it's like, okay, at least he's, he's got one like eye. He's 40 years old. Size. Let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, the, it, there's those factors as well. But yeah, dude, I mean, how much does Luke Rockhold wish, wish Mike uh, Bisping kept that to himself about the one eye thing? He's like, dude, you already beat me. Like, is it necessary that we all know it's one eye? Yeah. Shout out to all the athletic commissions who didn't pick this up that whole time. Nate D, uh, Michael Bisping was fighting with one functioning eye. By the way, you should check out some of Michael Bissing's YouTube channels, YouTube uh, videos. He's got a whole channel. He was telling I me the top just, five cheaters in the UFC. He just ever. had a huge uh, movie came out about him a couple weeks ago, like a little documentary. I did not catch I'm, it. I'm digging but. the Michael Bisping post fight everything, man. At first, he was trying to make everything about himself. I remember he like he got in a, like a yelling match with Colby a couple months into his commentary career. I'm like, Mike, chill mm -hmm. out. It's not about you. Now he seems like he's just he's hitting his stride and he's got a podcast and I don't know. Everything's coming up Bisping right now. It seems sure. good for him. Good for him. Um, maybe we'll get the return of uh, DJ Mikey B also. Because old fans know Michael Bisping used to be a DJ. Um, I don't see any other news. 1FC is back this weekend. Uh, LFA is back. Bellator is back. Let's talk about this Amanda Lemos versus Jessica Andrade fight, Mark. Yes. Yep, um, so Amanda Lemos doesn't really, I mean... She lost her first UFC fight to Leslie Smith, the only loss on her record, period. Since then, 5-0, and wins over Miranda Granger, Mizuki er, Inoue, uh, Livia Hanata Souza, Monsterat Ruiz, and Angela Hill, the last one being a split. Um, she is 13-1-1, 5-4, 115-pound straw weight. Um, I saw her in the rankings earlier. Now I've totally forgot where it was. Uh, she is ranked ba, 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 10 at strawweight. Um, mm -hmm. Jessica Andrade coming back down to fly, coming back down to strawweight. Um, she's ranked number one at flyweight still, number one contender. Um, I don't remember if her fight with Valentina was even close. Was it or did Valentina baptize her? No, I think Valentina handed her pretty easily. Second, second round, yeah, round Valentina baptized her. Okay. Um, Lemos is 34 years old, older than I thought she would be. Andrade, 30, returning to strawweight, first time since uh, losing to Rose back in uh, 2020. Betting line for this one. Um, do you have it in front of you? I had it in the. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I was God gonna say I never have the betting lines. <laughs> I had it on the. Oh, I had it in the damn screenshot earlier I, this morning. I'm gonna go on a limb, and I, I think Andrade is gonna be the favorite. Minus but... one seventy Andrade to plus one fifty Lemos. Okay. Um, Matt, Mike's taking Lemos. I'm taking Andrade because okay. I just saw five foot four. That's not very big. <laughs> I'm basing it entirely on size here, man. Andrade is is a huge straw weight. Like in terms of like strength and like how she carries herself in the cage, even her height, even not being I don't think she's that much taller, if that. But she is considered 
one of the largest strawweights just based on her, like, the way she used her power, her, her grappling. Everything is real power-based. And fucking she powerbombed someone to win the championship. So I'm going to take her. Mm-hmm. I see she's shorter by two inches. Don't care. I'm taking Rogue. I'm taking Andrade. Who do you got? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm taking Andrade as well. Um, and it really just comes down to, you know, Lemos has a good record here. Um, I'm just not seeing the big enough names to really get me to think like, okay, she, split she, over she's Angela added. Hill, man. Everybody got to split over Angela Hill. I mean, that's, that's half the division. <laughs> it, it was it was a fight of the night, so I'm sure it was a great performance. I don't think I ended up catching this one, which is you know shame on me. But you know, she has a great record. But when I'm looking at the level of competition, I'm just not seeing the same that I'm seeing with Entrage, which, you know, there's a, there's a lot more black marks there. You know, there's a lot more losses here, but they're against champions. Like, literally the last four people she lost against were champions and a couple dominant champions at that. You know, Valentina, um, Joanna, and then, you know, even Rose, um, you know, who she beat. So, it's hard, you know, and this is for Amanda. This is a huge fight. If she beats Andrade, that really makes a statement, and I think that really puts her, you know, in high rankings in the division. Um, but just playing it kind of safe here, I just think the smart money's on Andrade. Um, but yeah, this is a huge opportunity for her. A win over Andrade is is you know enormous for Do, her career. Who's so. the, what's going on in this weight class? Who's the champ? Rose is the champian. Who's next? Yeah, it's Carla. I have no idea. It's Carla. Oh yeah, yeah. Her and Carla. We're finally to, getting Carla. Have okay. to do that. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. I mean, Carla deserved the last one, the one that uh, the one that Wei Lee got. That should have been Carla's yeah. already. Yeah, honestly, she, she's kind of earned it. So yeah. Uh, so and then you know, it, I mean, if Lamos wins here, I, I think that puts her next in line. I think put her right up easily. there, man. We got yeah. Mackenzie Dern up there. We got Marina. I don't know if Marina got a title shot. Yet. Oh, yeah. I don't think she, did Marina, did Marina ever get a title shot? Even remember she did? I don't think so. Um, Jan, Josan, Nina is up there. Tor- Taurus just lost. Rebus. Lemos has got to get it. Lemos needs this win, man. She got She needs a name. That's really it. Yeah. She needs a name. You're yeah. right. I mean, Angela Hill's great. She's been, you know, getting better, but it's not the same level. So this, this is, this is, I think, is a big jump up in, in talent, especially in name value. Um, and it's sink or swim. You know, if she gets this win, whew, that, that says a lot. Um, all right. The rest of this card. Let's just say some things that are mildly interesting, I guess. Uh, Land of Anada, Charles Jordan. Macy Barber, Montana De La Rosa is probably the most interesting one on there for me. Um, Clay Guido's taking on some guy named Claudio Puyas, who I'm going to feel bad. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm going to feel bad. Five UFC fights. Yeah, um, twelve and two, good record. But yeah, I got eleven and two on Wikipedia, so they're not giving him credit no. for something. Uh oh, we got con- you got controversy there. Um, Tyson Pedro's not bad; he's on the undercard. At least I see a bunch of Wikipedia pages. I guess that's a positive. Yeah, uh, Manuel Cape I mentioned before. I think was a rising former champion. He's fought in the UFC, and it has not gone super well for him. But that's always a name that sticks out for me personally. Yeah, and the other gentleman fighting out of China, uh, Su Mudari. Uh, Chinese, I'm sorry, he's uh, Tibetan. Um, so got some wins in the UFC. I like how these guys have four or five fights, and it's just like you put them on the undercard of some of these car, these fights. Like I was looking at Lemos's last fight when that was the Angela Hill fight was on the undercard of Lewis versus Daukus on December yeah. 18th. Co-main event was Bilal versus Stephen Thompson. In retrospect, this one wasn't terrible. 
Cub Swanson, Darren Elkins. Well, I feel like they've gotten worse since I mean, the end look, of last that's, year. Well, that's part of the thing. Is like, look, we're going to poo-poo this card because we don't know any of these guys. But, you know, come in five months, it might be like, oh, yeah, this this guy on the undercard, he's been eight. No. And now he's, you know, running for a title shot. You know, it, we talk about this often. You know, we'll we'll always kind of downplay the qualities of the card. But it's always just of name value in our personal excitement. It doesn't mean that the guys on these are all garbage or won't be of any I'm not even sure we can say like, like lack of name value. I mean, some of it's name value. Some of it is just poor promotion. Like, give me a reason. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, mean tell hard. me why. Tell me why Lemos and Andrade. What's this? What are the stakes here, bro? Like, give me, like, it's not just we're throwing hands on, on Saturday night. Next week, it's Rob Bont versus Marlon Vera. Give me one commercial where you tell me what happens with Cheeto Vera if he wins this, or what happens with Rob Bont if he gets the W, you know? Well, I mean, I mean they never really do that, but no, God <laughs> that would be a drastic change to, to be promising. By the way, uh, we mentioned it. But... This is in two weeks is the UFC's next pay-per-view, or two weeks, two and a half weeks from when you listen to this. Yes. Uh, UFC 274 in... Phoenix, Arizona. They're just going to red states for the time being. They had to book it out a little bit. Uh, Oliveira versus Gaethje. Woo! Yeah. Woo! Fire. Um, Nama Yunus versus Asparza. We mentioned that fight. Michael Chandler versus Tony Ferguson. God, if Mm -hmm. either one of these... I mean, if Tony Ferguson's anywhere near being Tony Ferguson. Shogun versus OSP for some reason. This right here... a little random. Okay, this one here... There's always one in a pay-per-view main card where it's like... We could move this one no, out. See, this fight right okay. here is what I call perfect booking. Donald Cerrone versus Joe Lazan. How hasn't that happened at least three yeah, times? I mean, that's the thing. Is like, How has it happened it three times until about now? Randy Brown, Chaos Williams. That's a good one right there. Blagoy. Is that Stefan's guy, Blagoy? It is. Against yeah, Rogerio I mean, <laughs> This is. I can't get too excited about Royvel, but... Matt Schnell. I don't. I, dude, I know all these names. I'm just happy. I know all. I know. And is Michael Johnson versus Alan Patrick happening, or is that just on Wikipedia for fun? You know, that's another one down there. Um, yeah, man, we're never gonna see another UFC event, huh? It's just like unless we go to Vegas. The Bellator t- took over the Bay Area. That's all we get now. They haven't been here since uh, it's been Scott Coker took over. You know, I think the last one you and me went to was here was um, in Sacramento when it was Paige Van Zant mm, versus right. Michelle Waterson. At the beautiful mm-hmm. Golden One Center. Nice arena you got there, Sacramento. Just saying. Sure. Really enjoyed yeah. it. Um, all right. Um, I guess we're at stuff we like, because God knows there's no more fight thing going on. Um, all right. Um, I got a real stupid one. Sure. I was telling it to you before the show, and I'm not sure how to put this in a way that for, like will be entertaining for people who aren't watching any wrestling. So there's a character who was formerly, na- formerly named Elias. He was basically a, a drifter, a guitar playing, you know, mm-hmm. vagabond there. Um, had a big bushy beard, played a guitar, disappeared from television, I think like six months ago. I don't, I don't follow the product that carefully, uh, carefully sorry. Uh, came back a couple weeks ago. Well, we thought it was him. A gentleman with the exact same face, except totally shaved and wearing different attire, came on television and said, I'm Ezekiel, Elias's younger brother. And the nice. gimmick is that everybody accepts that he's Ezekiel, except for Kevin Owens, who is slowly losing his mind every week about how he thinks he's it's a real like, am I the am I taking crazy pills thing? Where why is nobody else besides me see that he's definitely the same person? Um everybody's yeah, almost in on it. It's fun. It's like I was watching it's the a Pat McAfee. I was watching the Pat McAfee show today. 
because I didn't know that um, Elias went to the same high school as Pat McAfee. Um, so they knew each other, and he's just like, it's like, it's like Ezekiel. You say out with your brother all the time in high school. We never saw you around. He's like, oh, I was there, I was there in the background. Okay, you know they're all trying to keep a straight face. It's honestly, it's all being carried on Kevin Owens' reactions to everything. You know, sure, just yeah. yelling at yelling at other people, where he's just like, when they'll say that's a that's Ezekiel, and Kevin Owens will just yell, "Why are you doing this? Huh? Why? What's wrong with you?" Um, it's so well done. It's just, I wish Stefan was on it for just for this. Cause Stefan and me have been really enjoying this. Um, just waiting for it to fall off the rails. Cause it's WWE and God knows you get a storyline going for at least two weeks. It's a miracle. Um, yeah. Uh, watch that. I watched a lot of basketball just kind of in the background. Cause the NBA playoffs started sure. and NBA playoffs are a, uh, fucking like two month ordeal mark. Cause it's yeah. eight, eight teams on each side. It's a tournament, but each round, is best of seven. Yeah, it's a lot so of they, games. Th- that shit could take two weeks each round. Like, the Warriors won. Uh, shout out Jordan Poole. Um, and I'm just like, cool. If we want to win a championship, we need 15 more of these. Yeah, it's <laughs> a need, lot. Like, a lot best, case, best case NBA playoffs end, like, I think June 10th. And it's it's nuts, man. It's a real fucking, like... It's when... Um, I remember when the Warriors... It was a couple years ago when it was their fifth straight year in the finals, and they were good. They'd lost. It was clear they were going to lose the game. Steph Curry was just sitting on the court. You could tell this man was just like, "I've played too much basketball. This is too much basketball. I need a Gatorade." Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, that's really it. Watch some basketball. Watch some wrestling. Um, and yeah, that's all I got. What do you got, Marcus? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been kind of light. Not not a ton of like new exciting stuff. Um, we've been keeping up on Moon Knight, which I, I've really enjoyed. I thought this, it's been a fun show. We'll kind of recap it when it's over or whatever. Um, I gotta get past, in on that before you do that. Then how many episodes yeah, is it gonna be? I, I think six, and I think we just did three, so like halfway done. Yeah, sorry. So, to, did you see? Um, did you see the Thor trailer today? I did yesterday. That was fantastic. That was pretty fun. Cool. Fun. Yeah. 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 Go ahead. Sorry. That's a really exciting one. Um. So yeah, we been keeping up with Moon Knight. We did finish um, Lower Decks, which was that Star Trek cartoon. Um, I really enjoyed that. If you have the opportunity, if you somehow have found yourself with Paramount Plus, I couldn't recommend another show on that service because I don't know any of any of them. Uh, but that was a really fun one. And like I mentioned last week, as someone that doesn't even watch Star Trek, I thought it was super enjoyable. Um, outside of that, this last week, me and Christine celebrated our third year anniversary, which was very nice. Whoop, whoop. And then we did, uh, we went to the Monterey Bay Aquarium, which I hadn't been in a really long time. And that was really fun. You know, we might have, let's say we, we you know, being of age, we partook in, in certain things that might make the aquarium more interesting if you will we had edibles um and that made it really enjoyable you know when you're staring at the <laughs> jellyfish they look a little bit more vibrant that way um yeah no we had a, we had a really great time that was a, a a fun thing i did think it was a little weird they don't have their own parking lot so you have to find street parking or a parking garage it was kind of a, a hassle and it's a bit of a drive from the bay area but um yeah super enjoyable really fun time really enjoyed that Outside of that stuff, I mentioned last week, and I actually did start it on Sunday. Um, there was this indie game I kind of had my eye on for a while called Lake. It finally came out to the PlayStation platforms. I had mentioned it is a very low-key, kind of chill, relaxed type of game where you're basically playing um, this woman whose dad, I didn't, hearing about the game, I thought like the dad was sick or something. The dad just goes on vacation and 
someone needs to cover his mail shift. And for whatever reason, they'll just allow his daughter to come in and have a federal position without any training. Um, you know, give the logistics aside. Uh, it's just kind of a fun, cute game. Uh, and I do think it was probably developed by a really small team. There, there's a lot of technical issues, especially playing on like a PS5. A lot of pop-in, a lot of like little issues here and there. But a very charming game nonetheless that I've really been enjoying. But outside of that, there hasn't been a lot of big stuff kind of clamoring for my attention. So yeah, kind of a light week. You're not watching it. You're still haven't watched any Atlanta, have you? No, I, I do. I, I should get back on that. It's been kind of tough because I, I don't remember if I watched the end of season two. So I need to make sure that happened and then go on to Atlanta. And there were, what, four or five episodes in? Because they had two episodes the uh, first week, I right? think five. This was the fifth episode, which was... Okay. Every one of them is so different from the other. Um, Still killing it, man. Really, that's what I watch on Fridays because it's on Thursdays. And I forget mm-hmm. to watch it Thursday. And I watch it sure, on Friday yeah. after work normally. Yeah, I should really... It, when, when it's getting close to being done, we sh- I should try to catch up and we can talk about it. Because I think that's that's definitely a show, from what I remember of seasons one and two, was extremely unique and fun and interesting and, and is warranted of our time and discussion on this show. So Yeah, it looks like this is... They have one more... They filmed two seasons back-to-back. Um, oh, smart. And, uh, yeah, the show's all over the place. Um, is is Moon Knight going to be 10 episodes, 8 episodes? What are they doing there? It's 6. I think they said they're doing 6. Oh, what so are we at? Like 3 or 4? We're at they're 3? Like, we're at 3. So we're, like, halfway done. They're not super long. They they clock in a little over half an hour. Is it like, like 45. are we getting Mark, Marvel's attempt at dark, or is it, like, funny, like other Marvel shit? Mm, the first episode was definitely funny. It, it, I, I find it really interesting. I think they had early reviews, and everyone, I, this is what Stefan told me, because I didn't really see a lot of the reviews like everyone liked the first episode i loved the first episode and then i guess people weren't as hot on episode one and, or on two and three but i thought they were enjoyable i did think this last episode was kind of a little long in the tooth um it didn't quite captivate me but i think they have uh oscar isaac is playing mark spencer spencer of moon knight and then ethan hawk is the villain and i think those guys are just really interesting um i think the storyline with the egyptian gods has been kind of interesting and the split personalities and how they're dealing with that stuff has, has been is fun. oscar I, egyptian I also or not i have no idea he's I, I don't oscar know. isaac is real uh ethnically like ambiguous mm-hmm. yeah you can't really get a gauge of him I, I, half the what show he's... he's doing a really convincing as far as i know english accent into then to an american accent born in guatemala all right and his mom's guatemala and her dad's dad's cuban not even fucking close bobby all right yeah I guess but Latino. Yeah, kind of just, to, to, just to fucking Latino. Down, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I've been enjoying it. It's just not like, you know, the best, craziest show I've seen even Marvel do themselves, but it's been enjoyed. I, I'm an easy mark for that stuff. I've I've loved all the Marvel stuff they've done. So, well, I mean, they just put Natalie Portman with a hammer in her hand in that trailer, That bro. trailer was and really I was good. Like, I mean, having Taiki do I, Thor I thought, has I been thought a as, blessing. I thought as Guardians of the Galaxy was coming after or was it before? I thought... It was, there's a they're lot of his guardians. I'm saying in this man, there's a lot of uh, sorry, yeah, there's a lot of guardians. They're doing a volume one. three and like a holiday special, and I think Root's going to get his own show. There's a lot of there's a lot of but they're doing one the like air. they're going to do a Guardians of the Galaxy with Thor, right? They're calling it as Guardians of the as Guardians of the Galaxy. I think. Oh, I, I don't even know. There's so many projects, but this looked fun. There, it's the Thor trailer was fantastic. It was Morbius. Nice who who made Morbius? It was Sony. It was mostly, I mean, really, Sony in they shit with that with one. Marvel, I take but, it. Yeah, reviews were not great. Yeah, I I have no interest. They're like, man, we're on fire. We got Spider-Man. Let's try this. Oh, fuck. We're Sony again. God damn it. I'm just babbling now because this podcast is only 59 minutes. All right, guys. Thank you all for listening. Um, We really appreciate it. 
Um, this is, again, the time between pay-per-views, folks. And sometimes the fights aren't good. Or sometimes the fights are good. Sometimes the fights lack promotion, is what we're saying. Yep. Um, but we'll be back next week. Uh, we'll see if Lavender Gooms can break away from his Tim the Toolman Taylor uh, cosplay he's got going on over there to join us. Um, until then, uh, that was DJ Mark. I was Dr. Law. See you all next week. Peace out. See you.